the Concert Pipeline. I'm Steve Jones. Today on the program, we have an interview with a band called Priest. And this was an interesting one for me, to be honest. Uh, uh, I had the chance to interview uh, the lead singer of Priest, Mercury. Um, and he was on the other side of the world in Sweden. Um, and we had uh, a good conversation. But uh, this is one where, like, I think it was the night before the interview, I realized, oh, okay. So I'm going to be interviewing this band, uh, and uh, and the lead singer's probably going to be in a mask. Yep, he was in a mask. Uh, and I liken it to, like, Slipknot sort of thing, where uh, they have that mystique and uh, and don't really focus on their identities, um, you know, really have the, the characters that they play in the band. And, uh, you know, and they have a new album uh, called Body Machine that is out on July 15th. Uh, so we'll get into that and talk, you know, talk through uh, lots of layers with the band and uh, and musical upbringing and all, all of that um, in just a bit. Before we do, let me give you an update on kind of what's going on in my life this week. Uh, I will say that yesterday uh, was um, the 3rd of July and uh, I had a barbecue at my house with a couple of my closest friends, my, my buddy Joe and his family. My, uh, my buddy Jens and uh, my buddy John um, and uh, Joe's kid uh, was there as well as my, uh, my kids. So, uh, and uh, Joe's wife, of course. Uh, so uh, a good little gathering. Um, and it was fun because it was uh, supposed to be uh, happen about a month ago, probably. But uh, my family getting COVID uh, threw a little wrench into the mix with, uh, with that happening. So we had to push it back a, a bit. And it was great to get the, the group together. I love when my friends can get together. It's a, a rare opportunity. It doesn't happen uh, often that multiple of my friends are able to get together at the same time and just have a, a cool little hangout. Um, and that's really, really fun for me. I don't like big crowds or parties uh, with a lot of people that I don't know, but having a, a get together that I can, especially if it's in, on my grounds, uh, that's pretty cool. It takes a lot of work for, you know, to get the house cleaned up and, uh, and get things in a good kind of setting. And I really wanted to, you know, make sure that the house is clean because it was my buddy Joe's wife's first time seeing it. And, uh, and I, I just wanted to, you know, make this house something that I'm, you know, proud of and can, uh, can share with, with my friends. So, uh, so it's really cool. Uh, I'm working on the backyard, uh, doing some work there that I, I've lived in this house for a little over a month, probably a month and a half now at this point, officially. And uh, and then, but when I got the house, uh, there was grass in the backyard and I slowly let it die. Um, I tried to save it because I wasn't fully living in the house and, but I wasn't consistent about watering it. And uh, also we're in this, you know, soup, I think they're calling it a super grout. Uh, uh, and so um, at this point, I'm just digging up all of the grass and I'm going to figure out what I want to do with that, whether that's put down bark or something else. Uh, we'll, we'll see. I have a lot of time to decide because like even yesterday, I put in uh, probably uh, or the day before I put an hour into uh, digging up grass and uh, only made it like four feet by four feet uh, in, in total uh, space that I created. So lots of work to go there to make that uh, make that a good place. But but yeah, it was just a fun hangout. Uh, weekend and I, I hung out with the kids the rest of the day besides uh, that the rest of the weekend I took my buddy to the park a couple my I took my son to the park a couple of times and I'm teaching him to shoot baskets which uh, I don't think he was really interested in at all at first and now he he enjoys it and we have some fun playing playing basketball at the park um, I mean just normal town stuff now at this point uh, in terms of things got coming up, I'm, I may go see Motion City Soundtrack in Sacramento next week, which would be cool because they're uh, playing, going to play their album "Commit This to Memory," which is one of my favorite albums. So uh, that would be awesome to see live uh, again. I've seen them play that. I think on their 10th anniversary tour, I saw them play that album uh, start to finish, and it was a really great show. Joe and I had gone to see it at the Fillmore, which is even a better place to. Uh, to see a show. Um, so may do that. Uh, some other th fun things coming up uh, over the course of the summer, but just taking it easy, having fun, and 
keep it active while, uh, while I can. So that's the jam. All right, so let's not uh, take any more time up uh, front here. Let's go ahead and let's bring in Mercury from Priest. Hey, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Mer Mercury, right? Yes. And yeah, you are. Mercury. Yes, and my name are... is Steve. Nice, Steve. nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Yes. Right. How, how, are you, how, are how are you doing? Oh, things are going good uh, here. I am uh, uh, out in California, in the uh, oh, United nice. States. So, so nice. uh, yeah, early here. And uh, and how are things in Sweden for you? Yeah, it's it's good. It's uh, warmer here now, so it's uh, quite nice outside. But we're hiding off in our little bunker here in, in the studio and uh, recording instead of being out in the sun for, at the moment. So, yeah. Not not a bad idea. Uh, how is the music coming along? How are the, how are the recordings? Yeah, we, we're making a lot of progress. We're actually in starting to maybe finishing up recordings for the Body Machine 2 album not the one that's released next month uh, but the one after that so we we're keeping busy and uh yeah we, we have a lot of material so we just uh, keep on recording you know so not slowing down right no why you can sleep when you're you, dead, you know <laughs> that's a good point that's a good point um uh, very cool uh, so, so let's start back at the, the beginning. I'm kind of curious, like, what, did, what was your childhood like musically? Like, what music was on in the household growing up for you? Uh, it, it was, it, I grew up in the woods. So it's like, uh, yeah, and I have parents that moved out from the cities into the woods. Uh, and it was a lot of, I think it was a lot of fusion, funk, reggae music playing in my home, but... Well, my dad's a keyboard player, so it's uh, yeah, it was a lot of ele electric keyboard instruments as well, and piano and drums as well. So we had instruments in 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 our home also, so we could play. And my mom was a bass player in a band, also. That's how my parents met. So uh, yeah, it, it was. Were a they lot in a band music. together? Or? No, but they were on the same tour. They were like a, a, a tour. They put on tents in every city in Sweden and they had like a tour with a couple of bands and they played in two different bands uh, on that tour. And that's how they met in the uh, early 80s. It must have been like. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's kind of music I, I just got, but uh, then uh, Later on, I started to listen to electronic music, uh, especially from uh, Great Britain, UK, the rave, techno, the ambient yeah. stuff happening there. Yeah. And and so, did you grow up going to their shows? Like, how long did they play music? What you were? Uh, did they do it while you were a kid? And that kind of inspired you at all? Or? Yeah, yeah, been around like pubs and, and and stuff when they were playing especially my dad was playing so I, i've been around live music since i was very young and of course uh, also went to music school i played different instruments uh, since i was a kid so yeah it's been, it's been there always something you were into huh yeah yeah it, it, I didn't think I would be working with it or, or like, like that. I was into drawing and, and you know, uh, we wanted to be a comic artist, you know, it's, it's like drawing uh, comics. And uh, yeah, I did, but it's a very lonely. <laughs> it's very lonely to sit by yourself and draw. So it's it's much more fun to to be out and meeting people and, and, and doing music right now. But when I'm getting older, I probably will retire back to a drawing table and draw my memoirs or something i don't know yeah and and did the graphic novels and comic books did that kind of help inspire this uh, vision for your band at all it's some yes uh, uh you you that you can say that uh, we are inspired by movies mostly but uh, i i really love the Cyberpunk comics, uh, the 2008 stuff, the Judge Dredd, the, you know, Hard Boiled by Frank Miller. Frank Miller done some good stuff. Ronin, especially, also, and and 
a lot of stuff like the old school Mo Mobius stuff uh, and the collaboration with Jodorowsky and in yeah a, a lot of stuff I love Batman comics as well you know the 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 more gritty ones that started in, in the mid 80s Frank Miller did a re reboot of it uh, but I always loved the gothic little darker more gothic uh, comics uh, so that, that's probably along with video games and movies it's maybe a, a subconscious mashup of all the stuff you consumed as a kid or growing up maybe crystallized in this project <laughs> try to fit, cram in as many uh, if you like to do a lot of different stuff why not create a project where you can really do all the stuff all that kind of stuff like doing music videos you can get your movie interest there and then design you can have drawing you can yeah everything's in there so it's, it's nice to have a project like this yeah and and so did you did you have bands kind of growing up in your teenage years also like or did you uh, kind of jive with other people in, the, in that environment yeah i think more or less i played in in bands constantly since i was 14 uh, more or less uh, always had a project or two going uh, and always been in bands since then so it's just something uh, yeah yeah so yes yeah yeah so so tell me about how uh, ghosts came about because that was a lot of the formation that kind of led to where, where we are today with priests but tell, tell me about the the formation of ghosts yeah i wasn't there from the beginning so i can't really say anything about the the, the, the first so for, first when i heard about it was in 2010 and i hadn't haven't seen a, a picture of the an image of the band i also only heard the, the recordings like the demos and and if to me it sounded like yeah people coming in with uh, you know morning robes and and slippers and doing satanic music that was the picture i had in my my head but then uh, yeah my dad started play keyboards but before that he said to me like uh, is this any good or is should i jump on this or <laughs> so and he sent me the the album and i listened to it and i said yeah this is pretty cool and then he jumped on it and then they started to play live and then i saw the how they looked like and that was like oh doesn't sound like how they look but it was something happened there so the, it, it was a really cool experience to to see that from the start and uh, it was a, a, a little mind fuck but then they started to play live and the uh, rest is history i guess uh, they got a lot of help from you know bigger artists like wearing the t-shirts and everything so it was a, quite a rocket uh, yeah straight up career for that band so yeah and then i jumped on 2013 and uh, left or got fired uh, january 2015 uh, so yeah that was my but it was a really cool experience and you know playing big stages and meet a lot of legends like iron maiden metallica the, the guys there and slayer you know you name it. it was really cool yeah yeah so so tell me about that so tell me about some of those kind of bigger more influential shows that you were uh, able to play with you know metallica or iron maiden yeah the, the biggest one was probably rock and rio uh, which we played after Sepultura and but before Alice in Chains and Metallica was headlining so it was uh, uh, it was a really large crowd I can't I don't know 100,000 or something I don't know I, I so that was pretty cool uh, some larger festival gigs but also touring with Iron Maiden doing several shows with them in, in Latin America and Mexico and uh, yeah what can you say it's uh it's, yeah. it was surreal you know but you just do it and it's 
when you're touring like that it's like a, it's it's a job of course it's uh, but most fun shows actually i think it's club shows are around 500 to seven 800 people i think because then it's, yeah it's big but it's still you get the, the the closeness to the audience if it's too big it's like audience is way back and maybe there's a, like a golden circle also like it's, it's a, people jumping are like yeah, 20 meters away or something it's like yeah and you have in-ears so it's like you hear it's of course you feel the vibra vibrations and from the stage and everything but uh, it, it's really nice to have tried all the different ways of the, the venues like from the biggest to the, to the smallest and it, it was in a growing state of of that band so it's um it, it was really small shows like a really tiny venue in Poughkeepsie one day then there was like Lollapalooza big stage the other day it was really diverse and, and, and yeah it was a great experience yeah. Yeah. Do you remember anything about Lollapalooza specifically? Because that's a that's a milestone for uh, a lot of bands, you know, to to play. That, it was that my, my yeah. It was in Chicago, mm -hmm. uh, uh, 2013, and it was my seventh show with the band. Uh, so we did we did six small venues or small like 500 cap venues or around that and then big stage Lollapalooza so it's it, it was quite pretty wild for me because I have, have this my, was my first time at a stage like that so when I I played a song called Conclave Condillo on bass and I felt the the whole stage vibrating of the bass so it was a pretty heavy cool experience yeah, yeah, okay, no, but it was a lot of people there, and they, uh, I'm sure that it, it was really good for the for the shit. What's this? Uh, really good for the band, uh, like getting the coverage that a Lollapalooza means to a band, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, so with a step away from Ghost came came Priest. So, tell me about how you've decided to kind of pull together uh, that dynamic. Because, um, I mean, you came to uh, together and um, and were able to kind of change the formation uh, a, a little bit, but still kind of keep that same sort of vibe that you you had with Ghost. Tell tell me your thought process as kind of you came to that transition. It was uh, actually a project that existed before uh, Ghost uh, started already in 2011, 2012, came up with the name and a loose concept of it. Uh, it was probably the thought was to use guitars from the beginning and, and like that. But then, of course, it's got uh, uh, during the Ghost time, I didn't have time with Priest, of course, but after that, it was time to 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 check that project out again. I, I I needed something to do, but you learned a lot to it to be in a theatrical band. So I I, I didn't want to stop using a mask. I thought it was so fun and relieving, and you know it's it was a nice way. But you couldn't do another metal band with masks, you know. So it, something had to be different. So I I could. Uh, I always loved electronic music and synth pop and, you know, the 80s, uh, EBM, harder stuff. Also, I, I love pop music. So uh, I saw it as an opportunity to just uh, dive into all the stuff that I, I loved. And I've learned a lot with theatrics that how you do it, what you have to think about having a band like that. So, and uh, using of symbols and stuff it wasn't re really it was something from above because i bought bought a book uh, about like uh, al yeah, alchemists and stuff and i was rehearsing with another band from lean shopping called spagurix so uh, I, uh, I just bought a book called spagurix because it was from old alchemists and then i opened the book and I, then i saw the four elements that was used in ghost and then i saw the three elements that we used and they were interconnected and i thought like 
can we do this? Can we get away with this? And then I said, yeah, let's let's do it. We are connected. So why not just ride on that wave that we are actually are connected, whether we want it or not. We are from the same city and from, you know, and uh, members that been in, in and out, you know. So it's uh, just a way to prolong it. Uh, but we're not competing on the same genre. We're in a different genre, yeah. so it's uh, something else there. But I try to make it a little cooler, a little. Uh, I'm more of a cyberpunk guy. I always loved uh, reading like William Gibson and stuff like that. So uh, why not just sh change it into that instead? So I can, uh, we can. Uh, it, it's more my home turf, like horror movies and, you know, heavy metal it's not my home turf i i love love that stuff as well but this i really know the, I, yeah. the, so it was just like a development for, from my uh, from our own perspective for what we love instead yeah and did you find that a, a lot of your fans followed you from uh from uh, ghost or priest of course we that was yeah. a, a conscious move because uh, that spare us a couple of years of doing very small shows and try to build a reputation when we already could get to a certain level only by using that card so why not use it so uh, we yeah. did it and uh, but surprisingly enough in the goth synth scene here in sweden many people now they might know but many people didn't know the connection from the beginning at all and some people don't get surprised when they hear about it because they they only know us from the synth goth scene and so now somewhere it's starting to like we're getting new fans that just like our music and are into that scene but of course it's always going to be fans from the ghost uh, yeah ghost fans that gonna be knowing about us as well and What's not to like? It's 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 good publicity. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Depeche Mode is a big influence for uh, for you, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Tell me, tell me about that. Did you get to see them live uh, when you were uh, younger? Like, did, tell me kind of how that influence kind of spread yeah. to your music as well. I came into them pretty late, actually. I knew, always knew about them, I always heard the songs, but I got really into them uh, somewhere in between uh, Songs of Faith and Devotion and before they released Ultra. Uh, that's when where I started to buy the records, uh, like Violator and songs, uh, Black Celebration especially, and, and Music for the Masses. And then I started to backtrack and really listen to it. Uh, really love the stuff most of the stuff uh but especially the, the violator record so. but yeah it's uh you can hear it in many songs that we use the same way of using chords or or, or, or melodies and using of old synthesizers of course it's it's a lot of the passion there and yeah. rest in peace the fletch uh, yeah, I only ever I only ever got to see them once, and it was two thousand one, I believe. Uh, yeah, Exciter, Exciter. Yeah, tour. the Exciter tour, exactly. You got it. Uh, and that, uh, I mean, visually, that was such a cool tour. I mean, and what a cool performance to be able to see, you know. Nice. Uh, I actually saw them only once back in two thousand nine. So it was uh, what was that? Songs of the Universe, maybe. Mm. yeah must have been or is it was it playing in there no oh it was uh yeah. it was fantastic to see see them live i've seen dave solo pro his solo projects 2003 as well so that was my first you can't call it depeche but he played some depeche songs on that show so it was this was quite cool but uh i didn't see them live so much I like to go see bands live, yeah. but I, it's I'm I'm not that like I travel to see bands. It's like yeah, sometimes I do, but 
Yeah. Do you, do you find that a lot of American bands come to Sweden uh, a lot or uh, it, it, it doesn't happen as frequently? Uh, sometimes uh, I missed, uh, uh, I haven't been to so many shows now, but uh, I can see some both smaller and bigger American bands coming to Sweden, like playing from time to time, like Mastodon mm -hmm. and, you know, bigger bands. Uh, uh kiss were here like a couple of days ago so playing the last tour so it's uh, mm -hmm. both in bigger and smaller acts uh what's the band called from denver is blood contaminate uh, blood, con blood. Okay. Ah, i'm not sure if I'm... yeah but it's what's the death metal band here like a couple of days. i missed oh, okay okay too, but yeah but yeah I haven't been yeah. to some concerts actually lately. I'm mostly in the studio here or like doing other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So so let's talk about the, the studio a little bit and kind of that transformation from uh from Ghost to Priest. Your your first album with Priest was New Flesh in in 2017. Yeah. Like what what did you take from Ghost that you were able to apply to that that first album with Priest? First of all, we used uh, the same producer that's been recording the first Ghost album. So it's Simon Söderberg. Uh, but, and he, of course, been present on all the Ghost recordings up to that date and also learned how other producers work in, in the studio. So he had a great knowledge, top notch producers, you know. So it's, uh, we had a pro professional producer like who had total insight in how the ghost sound was done but with that said this is not a was not a ghost record but I think the way of using the synths and the instruments comes from like we know how to play regular instruments so we think about okay we need to fill the bass space there like the okay this is the rhythm guitar space we use but we use synths and drum machines instead and I think that's the difference between a, like a just a synth band that only have, have experiences in synthesizers. You, you'd think very differently. You can hear it like you, you don't have this holistic uh, thing uh, to see it like a rock band-ish thing. But I, I think you could hear that it's something different with New Flesh. Uh, that's yeah, it, it makes it unique and stands out from many other uh, synth records, I think. Sure. But... And, and, and when you kind of go into that recording, do you, do you think about how this will translate to a, a live experience as well? Yeah, some, sometimes we really think about that. Some of the songs have to be live friendly. Uh, but some songs are just there to be on the record and we probably never will will play them live and that can be like calmer songs or like some more experimental stuff that we're gonna release and have released before and so maybe a 50 50 some songs we i picture like this is live yeah, and some other songs are like oh this is album tracks and radio probably radio tracks or Maybe something so yeah. but yes of course we're conscious about everything we do so like thinking about it yeah sure sure and and your uh your father plays guitar on um uh, on the albums is he is he in all the studio recordings with you as well mm -hmm. yes uh yeah it's on he plays live in the studio and uh, come up with ideas and he has a, a different background like more funk fusion so he can give a different flavor to and also great solo guitar solo player really great at solo playing also so we we you uh, use him as much as he has time for and what we how much we want but we he lives in another town actually so we mostly it's me and the producer here in the studio like doing it, most of the stuff yeah um 
So, so let's talk about Body Machine. Your, your new album, it's going to come out uh, in a, a couple of weeks. Um, I had a chance to, to listen to it. Um, tell, me, tell me kind of about your approach with this album. Uh, a lot of bands are, I mean, have had to kind of change their approach over the past year or two because of COVID and everything going on. Did, did your approach change at all with, uh, with creating this album? Yeah, we thought now it's time to get on the road again and play some heavy tracks. Uh, so we had a little more rhythmic, heavier thoughts about Body Machine and uh, return to the to the more darker sound that we had on New Flesh. Because we during the Corona, we released another album called Cyberhead, which we consciously had a more lighter touch to it, a more popular, lighter touch. But now no, we wanted to go back to the more gritty, grittier sound and also explore the 80s EBM, the different variations of the EBM um, uh, yeah, the sound from the 80s. So uh, yeah, it, that, that was the approach then, a, a little grittier sounding record, but also melody driven. So uh, I think it's a uh, it's a good, it's an exploration also for from of a bands we like like you can hear some craft work in there you can hear some nights to ebb you can hear front two for two uh, frontline assembly you can hear all that stuff in there but we try to just put it in the uh, blender and then hopefully something else comes out that our priest you know yeah yeah and the and the album starts out with uh, a signal in the noise which is actually uh used a bit in the um uh, the trailer for the new mel, mel gibson movie how did that how did that come about yeah it's, it's fantastic it's like a little surreal being a band from sweden and then knowing that your music is used in a in a big Hollywood production. So it's it, it's fantastic. Uh, we signed with Cleopatra Records, which is based in LA. And of course, uh, they have a lot of contacts in Hollywood. Uh, and uh, the opportunity came about and we discussed it. And it the, the, the movie is a cyber thriller with Mel Gibson. So it's, uh, uh, it's in line with what we're doing as a band, like having some kind of cyber connection with hackers and stuff like that so we thought it was a good match and a great opportunity for us to 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 have our music uh, connected with, with that movie and we're very thr thrilled about it and excited to 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 see the movie also like uh, it's premieres first of july i think so i'm, I'm gonna hang on the lock for the theater or like stream it or whatever you do <laughs> just to see it and hope you do too everybody oh yeah yeah, I mean, it, it looks pretty like a pretty cool movie, actually, you know, yeah. I mean, like back in, it looks like it's kind of, I mean, almost like you're, you're in a little bit retro uh, to, you don't see a lot of those type of movies anymore, is it, it's kind of what it feels like, right? And uh, uh, so, I, I don't know, it seems pretty interesting. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm gonna, uh, yeah, it seems superb, so I, I'm, from what I've seen, it's just the, the way I love about movies like that, so and uh, yeah it's got a night i think i felt a 90s touch in there so it's it's perfect yeah. what we aiming for as well in, as a band so yeah and and so with this new album um simon soderberg produced it like if uh have you worked with him before is he the producer that worked on a lot of the ghost stuff or um, yeah he, he, he recorded the first ghost album opus eponymous then they actually he recorded the second one as well uh in another studio in sweden but then the label uh, wanted it to be re-recorded in the u.s in in nashville with uh, uh, nick rascalinas as a producer uh, so they re-recorded it but uh, yeah simon has produced almost everything that priest have put out so all the albums, some stuff I produced my one song here and there I produced myself, but but he's always involved in the mixing and yeah, it, 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 we have a good workflow and uh, why change a winning concept? We so we're gonna I'm sure we're gonna have a lot of 
collaborations in the future still as well. So. Sure. If you were to define it, what would you say he brings out of you that kind of it, when you're in that studio environment, what is what does he kind of bring to that, that equation? He I, I always put on too many tracks. So he he can he takes away stuff. <laughs> he's good at deleting <laughs> yeah and it's painful of course uh, so but yeah. then but after i understand that he's right often so um i trust him in that and it, it, it makes the it sound cleaner and the focus on the right thing going on instead of me like doing several melody lines like so it can be painful to delete but kill your darlings it's uh it's is a necessity when you're trying to make something and otherwise you can just sit yourself and do stuff but with him it ha some it happens other stuff and he had cool ideas and he's much better than me with like finding weird sounds and knowing how to you know do a lot of I I'm good at composing you know, composing the tracks and, and I do the lyrics, you know, so, but he's uh, heavily involved in how, how it sounds like. And, but we, it's, it's a collaboration. We, we're always in the studio together. So we hopefully, yeah, it, it's just fun. We try to have fun, entertain ourselves. And that's, that's very important. That is what's important for sure. Uh, and so you have a tour coming up in the uh, the Europe uh, in Europe in the UK. Tell tell me about what you have planned for that. Yeah, it's a support tour. We're doing uh, UK, Germany, and Scandinavia. Uh, so it's gonna be fun. We have some news coming up, which I can tell you about right now, because you have to get some confirmation. <laughs> This uh -huh. something more is gonna something more is gonna happen than what we we put out there as well. So we have some festivals coming up. We're very excited about that, and uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be fun. So all the info is gonna be on our website or on our Facebook site. So um, check out check it out, and we also have a link tree which where all the tickets gonna be also. So check it out, and yeah. if you're near, it's please come down you're not going to regret it it's going to be a heavy ass show we're going to put on i like it and and you're trying to get a u.s tour in the works as well right yeah it's in the works uh it's you know visas stuff like that we have to just we, we're on it but it takes some time so we have to but we're in the middle of finishing up the booking of the so this is going to be something happening this fall uh, and also show in Mexico as well in mid-October. So we're going to, yeah, around there, we're going to have some U.S. dates as well. So. Yeah. Have, have you considered like a graphic art novel for like for, for your band? I mean, because you're it sounds like you're pretty artistic and that's obviously a passion of yours. And you kind of see yeah. yourself going back there as well. It would be awesome, but it would would be need a collaboration with a like a script writer or something like to to uh, what's the story, you know? Uh, yeah. So it's a we see some fan art like people doing some kind of comics online about us. Uh, so yeah, I think it's a good concept. We only need to find a, a good story. Uh, and, and collaborate with a storyteller or something so so we can stay but that's a great idea and we uh, something that we have to take into consideration really good idea oh for sure it'd be a great accompaniment to sell on tour and everything too you know yeah, uh, I'm sure, awesome. sure a lot of people would go for it so uh, yeah so yeah uh, well, to wind out, you, you you talked about kind of the new album, and and we've kind of explored some of the older albums. And you're you're feeling kind of so. Just if you can sum up kind of what direction you see the next album going, is it do you see it getting darker or more yeah. uh, you know more on the poppy side? It's it's gonna get a little darker, a little more dancier, like uh, beat driven. Uh, this one, the body machine, that's out June fifteenth. Ju July 15th, I'm sorry. Uh, 
it's gonna go it's it's, it's it's a return to the darker sound that we that priest became known for in the in the beginning we're also recording another album that's gonna go even darker faster heavier uh, but so we're gonna stay in this body machine era for three albums at, uh, and it's gonna be gritty hard and dark and dancey like from a like a dystopian futuristic dance floor uh, somewhere in you know a polluted city run by uh, big corporations you know and uh, yeah so it's a it's a dive into the cyberpunk mentality now of course that's popular with the game cyberpunk 2077 but we're steeped in it so we we, we know what we're doing here so and that's uh we try to give you guys a, a glimpse of uh, another world our world so when you listen to the album you should be able to have your own visions uh, uh accompanied by the music and the lyrics we we hand out to you yeah I like it well well Murphy I want to thank you for taking the time today I appreciate it thank you very much um, absolutely and, and good luck with the uh, the album coming out and uh, and the next ventures and the tours coming up as well okay thank you very much and uh, pleasure talking to you nice talking to you as well you have a great rest of your day okay you too thank you thanks okay bye 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 -bye. That was the interview with Mercury from Priest here on Concert Pipeline. And that takes us to the final segment on the program, the music news. All right. I have a couple of stories to wind out the, uh, the program. So let's see what we have going on here today. Uh, first off, uh, let's, uh, let's talk about, um, hold on a second. I got to apparently agree to privacy. There we go. R. Kelly, uh, he is suing a prison after being placed on suicide watch. Uh, so, uh, he's suing New York prison and, uh, he, his real name is Robert Sylvester Kelly. He was sentenced to 30 years in prison on Wednesday after being found guilty of racketeering and violating an anti-sex trafficking law by leading a scheme to recruit women for sex. Uh, his attorney, Jennifer uh, Bonjean, claimed on Friday that the singer had been placed on suicide watch at Brooklyn's Metropolitan Detention Center for purely punitive reasons because he's a high-profile inmate and he has no thoughts of harming himself. My partner and I spoke with Mr. Kelly following his sentencing. He expressed that he was mentally fine, was behaving appropriately, and was eager to pursue his appeal. He did express concerns that even though he was not suicidal, uh, they placed him on suicide watch. Uh, we are in the process of filing a complaint in an emergency rule to show cause uh, with the courts. And uh, she believes holding Kelly in confinement without cause is illegal and they will be held accountable for it. Uh, so the Federal Bureau of Prisons responded to the allegations via statement to, uh, E, uh, saying the BOP is committed to ensuring uh, the safety and security of all inmates in our population, our staff and the public humane treatment of the men and women in our custody is a top priority. Uh, so I guess we'll see. We'll see what happens with, uh, with good old R. Kelly. Uh, yeah, don't, don't feel bad for him at all. Uh, he is where he needs to be for all the horrible shit he's done. Um, Travis Barker is receiving intensive treatment after suffering severe life-threatening pancreatitis. Uh, the Blink-182 drummer shared an update on his health after being rushed between hospitals earlier this week. Uh, he's uh, said that um, photos showed him carried on an ambulance stretcher. stretcher. He's been was checked into LA's West Hills Hospital uh, and, uh, on Tuesday morning, but was later transferred by ambulance to the Cedar Sinai Medical Center. And on social media, Barker's daughter uh, Alabama asked fans to send their prayers and show the drummer showed the drummer lying on a stretcher with a brace around his left hand. So, um, yes, he's now corroborated the reports, clarifying he's undergone an uh, endoscopy, not a colonoscopy, but did in fact wind up in a hospital for pancreatitis. 
uh, he wrote, I went in for an endo uh, endoscopy Monday feeling great, but after dinner, I developed excruciating pain and I've been hospitalized ever since. During the endoscopy, I, uh, I had a very small uh, polyp removed in a very sensitive area, usually handled by specialists, which unfortunately damaged a, cr a critical pancreatic drainage tube. This resulted in severe life-threatening pancreatitis. I'm so very grateful that with intensive treatment, I am currently much better. Uh, uh, yeah, so a guy that won't stop. I mean, he's a, he's a machine. He drums, it feels like he drums for everybody. He's drumming in everybody's band. He's always out there. He keeps on uh, banging the drums, right? He's, he's kind of like Dave Grohl in that sense, uh, is that he just like, he has a really big network. People love him. He's an amazing drummer and uh and he uh he gets after it um really hope blink 182 gets back together at some point too i'm kind of waiting for uh for that to happen and to see what what comes of that obviously mark hoppus uh had cancer uh himself recently and um is in you know remission he's uh, he made it out okay but uh, i haven't heard anything about what's going on with um with blink 182 status um but Mark's probably just taking some time to enjoy life, be with his family, and uh, and uh, not worry about music right now. Um, okay, so Adele, uh, Adele stands uh, by the decision to postpone her Las Vegas res residency. Um, it was at the last minute that she decided to postpone it. Uh, she uh, tearfully had announced in January and. Uh, in a social media video that her residency, which was due to run from January to April at the Coliseum at Caesar's Palace, was being indefinitely postponed because the show wasn't ready. Uh, discussing her decision on BBC Radio 4's Desert Island Discs, Adele insisted she doesn't regret calling it off at such short notice. She said, I definitely felt everyone's disappointment and I was devastated and I was frightened about letting them down. Uh, I thought I could pull it together and make it work and I couldn't and I stand by that decision. I'm not going to just do a show because I have to, or because people are going to be let down, or because they're going to lose loads of money. I'm like, the show's not good enough. However, the British singer admitted that she felt like a shell of a person for a while because of the guilt she carried uh, about letting other people down. Uh, I was, uh, was a shell of a person for a couple months. I just had, had to wait it out and grieve it, I guess. Just grieve the shows and get, uh, get over the guilt, but it was brutal. The residency has yet to be rescheduled, but Adele insisted she is still working on it, even if she hasn't been publicly sharing updates. Um, uh, and so, uh, so she's she said she's working on it, uh, and she's hoping to be able to still do those those shows. So, uh, the Vegas shows were due to be Adele's first performances uh, for the public since 2017. Uh, however, after uh, due to the postponement, she ended up making her return at BTS Hyde Park in London on Friday and Saturday. So she's played a couple of shows, gotten out there, and uh, maybe we'll do the residency at some point. But it feels like, you know what? Uh, we, we're good enough, we're at a good enough spot to book the shows, you know, and to be able to put it on the calendar and sell tickets uh, for three months worth of shows. Probably should have something pulled together, you know, by that point, or feel comfortable enough uh, getting on stage. You know, being as you're one of the biggest performers on you know in the world, right? Uh, and don't you have a team supporting you to do that? You think so? Anyway, uh, I'm not going to make judgment over the decision itself because that was uh, her decision, and I'm sure it wasn't taken lightly. Um, and obviously, she uh, had some heartburn around having to make that decision, but. Um, yeah, hopefully she'll be able to pull, pull together a show. So, um, all right, what else do we got? Uh, oh yeah, so the, uh, the Proclaimers uh, announced a political new album, D Dentures Out, uh, featuring uh, maniacs James Dean Bradfield. So uh, they've announced that they released a brand new album, uh, Dentures Out, there's a lead single, The World That Was, uh, it's billed as a record of the times, the follow-up to Craig and Charlie Reed's acclaimed 2018 uh, Angry uh, Cyclist LP. Uh, it's produced by Dave uh, uh, Eringa and was recorded at Rockfield Studios in Wales uh, in spring of 2022. Uh, 
so pretty recently, and they got it right out apparently. So uh, it's their most political album since their breakthrough second album, Sunshine on Leaf, tackling top topics such as the weaponizing of nostalgia for uh, electoral capital, press barons, and the bubble of modern life, and more. Oh, it's due out September 16th. Uh, is when that album uh, is expected to come out, and uh, and so the that is the, what is to come there. Um, it's it's interesting. Uh, the pro proclaimers. I remember we interviewed them t like two years in a row, back to back, years and years ago. Uh, probably you know pushing twenty years ago at Slims in San Francisco, in, both for both shows and um, and on their tour bus and. When I would interview Charlie and Craig, like one would uh, have an answer and the other would have their head down while the, the other is answering and then the other would answer, you know, they're twins. And so, I don't know, they have this communication thing that's, that's pretty cool to, to see that dynamic. And, uh, uh, you know, they're obviously famous for their hit song, uh, I Would Walk 500 Miles uh, uh, and uh, uh, put on a decent show. Um, all right. Last story of the day. You try and make it so, but it's not always going to be this way because obviously things are a little quiet in the Dave Grohl camp. But yes, we will close out with the Dave Grohl story. Last week, we reported uh, on Dave Grohl at uh, Glastonbury playing with um, uh, playing with Bruce Springsteen and Paul McCartney. Uh, and, uh, and so this is kind of a tie into that because it has to do with that show. Uh, that uh, that he uh, came out and played a couple of songs on, right? He appeared to reveal a Taylor Hawkins tattoo in tribute to the late Foo Fighters drummer during that surprise Glastonbury performance with Sir Paul McCartney and Bruce Springsteen. Uh, so he, uh, he took to the stage and he showed a tattoo. He actually, I think, pointed to it at one, at one point uh, at the end of the performance. Um, and... So this was the first time he performed uh, since um, Hawkins' sudden death in March uh, when the Foo Fighters were on tour in Colombia. And eagle-eyed fans at home reacted on Grohl's tattoo showing a large T on the back of his right hand, appearing to be a tribute to his late friend and bandmate. And there were some nice things that were, were said about it too. Um, so someone said, a lovely moment at the end of, uh, of, Sir, of Paul McCartney's set when Dave Grohl pointed to his hand and showed a T tattoo for deeply missed Taylor Hawkins. Uh, loving, someone else said, loving uh, Dave Grohl T tattoo on the back of his hand, hashtag Taylor Hawkins with him every time he's playing guitar on stage now, which is a, a great way to think about it. So uh, yeah, Taylor Hawkins will forever be there um, you know, moving forward, which is, which is great. He's, a, he's definitely a part of, of Dave Grohl and the, the Foo Fighters band for all, all time, right? Um, all right, that is our show for today. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, we have a couple of fun ones coming up, including uh, Frankie Perez uh, and Heavy Gus, uh, am among others. There are, uh, we, the, the train keeps rolling. So thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in. We have, uh, we have some great shows ahead for all of us here at Concert Pipeline. I'm Steve Jones. We'll catch you next time.